Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Heart is a Muscle podcast. This is Jordan and Joseph here about to dive in. What are we going to talk about today, Joseph? So we're going to talk about a conversation that we started the other day and pick up about change and asking for change in your partner and all the good stuff in that. And the real juicy tidbits come at the end. So listen all the way through this one and you'll learn some really good stuff. So hope you enjoy this one. See you on the other side. All righty, 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 righty. Here we are again. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. Hello, Jordan. Hello, Joseph. Jordan James. Joseph Hurt Noggle. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> hurt Nasty. <laughs> the old Hurt Nasty. <laughs> <laughs> We're back, and man, we've been stewing on this idea here for a little while because we kind of stumbled on this conversation, and yeah. we're like, "Oh man, Joseph stop!" Blew r- my mind. Stop right where you are. We gotta put this, save this for the podcast. So yeah. we're gonna hopefully pick it back up. That was several days ago, so hopefully, hopefully we can remember. I was really feeling it. Yeah, I was feeling the flow. His, so yeah, like the he was just like channeling his power. Like, he does that very often on this podcast, but there was something about this conversation where we were having, I was like, whoa, Mm -hmm, dude, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you got it going on. I had it going on. Yeah. Um, Oh, also, one, just want to say, I have a really bad headache right now, so if I sound a little slow, like, there's nothing wrong, I just have a headache. Yeah, poor Jordan, the crazy body syndrome has been been with you. That's okay, we're still here, we're going to do our best so without further ado let me give you something to do (laughs) (laughs) would you describe what what did you ask me that prompted that awesome discussion the other day okay yeah i asked when because this has come up in like the lives of people around me lately is like why what happens when one person wants to either like to grow and evolve their relationship and the other person doesn't or is content with how things are that was the number one and also like what if you bring bring it up like even like going to therapy or like getting a coach or something and the other person gets like pissed off about it yeah because i think You approached me with the question of like a real simple statement of like, hey, what do you think when like one partner gets mad that the other one is like wanting to do therapy? Yeah. Um, And I kind of ran with that. And I think we had framed it off of, hey, what if like um, the guy in the relationship gets mad when like the girlfriend like Mm -hmm. wants to do something or wants to to, what did you say uh yeah to go to therapy right so should we dive in yeah all right because what really jumped out at me there was a a couple of my parts that were like "Ooh, we have something to say about this because we have been on both sides of this um so usually i think that when someone is or outwardly projects that like they're hostile towards something that should be, you know, something positive Mm -hmm. is because they've had some kind of negative association with that. And the thing that really jumped out at me is something that I think is really kind of a common um, misconception among men and perhaps women that, um, especially in relationships, usually like monogamous, you know, romantic relationships between a guy and a girl, the girl is always going to want to change the guy or that the guy has to change or be changed or something like that. That's like a thought that the male collective has. I think it's, yeah, it's it's one of those things that's kind of an expected thing. yeah. Yeah, I mean... You know, you, you like run into it anecdotally every once in a while. You probably even see it on like a goofy TV show where it's just like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, she wants me to change because blah, 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 blah. And <clears throat> there's definitely some truth to like, I think there's also 
you know, kind of a, a misconception that like, oh yeah, wives are supposed to like, you know, refine their husbands or something like sure, that, or yeah. like girlfriends are supposed to like soften uh-huh. the rough edges on a guy. And that is, is where I think, you know, it, a lot of the hostility comes towards these ideas of like, oh yeah, you know, like I want to evolve the relationship and your partner's like, oh, well, the story that I am hearing is that I'm not good enough and now you need me to change because that's what's supposed to happen. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and. So like it's immediately heard as I'm not good enough. Yeah. And I think that's really, you know, in the in a case like you had kind of described um, like, because I think you would even ask, like, so what do you do with that? Like, what advice would you give? Mm-hmm. And the the thing that jumped out at me was, okay, well, let's let's take a look at this kind of perceived dynamic of like, you know, you're you're supposed to change me because I'm not good enough, or I'm you know too much of a man, or I don't know mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Um. Or it even gets down to like really kind of a resentful thing. Like my experience being on the receiving end of that, like, yeah, you need to like change because X, Y, and Z is really a, a kind of a resentful thing because it's like, well, um, it comes from a, a, a place of like no compassion and like really just like kind of judgmental for the sake of like, I don't know. Just judging, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I feel like a lot of that comes. And it, another thing that we kind of got into, it's usually things that are like, I can't change that, mm-hmm. or it's like something not easily changed. Yeah, that is kind of addressed as like, oh well, like if you cared, then you would change that. Like the something that's like fundamentally you. Yeah, or like. Something that you would have to literally like go out of your way. <laughs> the example I, I, we've used this a couple of times on the podcast, but like I have been in past relationships criticized and told that I needed to change because I chew too loudly. Same. <laughs> and like that was like a big deal. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> and there's just a lot that comes with that of like, okay, first of all, how do I stop the way that I chew? Like I can't really hear myself chew. Mm -hmm. And so like, what do you want me to like take smaller? Like there's no like real guidance. It's just like a criticism without a path. Yeah, totally. Or it's like, you need to change this because you're a turd. Can I tell you a secret? (laughs) Yeah, go for it. Sometimes like when we're munching in bed, watching a movie or something, and I can hear myself chew and I think to myself like, wow, I'm chewing really loud. Sometimes I'm like, is he going to say something like, like, or like you're kind of trapped because you can't really say something if it does bother you now because we make fun of that criticism all the time. So I'm like, well, I'll just keep on chewing super loud then. <laughs> I have never once noticed. Really? Oh, yay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's like such a disconfirming experience. Dude. <laughs> That's, you know, it's not like a distract you here, but let's also take a minute just to acknowledge <laughs> how ridiculous that is of a thing. That's so ridiculous. I mean, if <laughs> you chew with your mouth open and like slap your gums around and like make a big thing out of it and like, you know, do the old seafood thing. Yeah, that, that's not that great. But like, we we just chew normally. Totally. Like, we take a bite, <laughs> chew it up, kind of zone out for a second and then down the hatch. So like... <laughs> Why is that? Because that the other side of that is, and this kind of, we'll get back to this point later a little bit more directly, but the other side of that that builds resentment is like, why are you paying so much attention to how I chew? <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you that you're like so fixated on that? <laughs> I wish I had that part in me. Dude, that was always the thing that came up to me whenever I would get criticized for chewing too loud. It was just like, <laughs> why don't you just fucking not pay attention to that yeah how about you change that yeah. that would be really convenient for me <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah 
So anyways, let's get back on the, the straight and narrow here. Okay, let's focus in. All right, here we go. <laughs> straight and narrow. <laughs> straight and narrow. Straight ahead. Okay, so let's break down. And I don't have to talk the whole time too. Like this isn't yeah. just a one-sided podcast. But I got a lot to say, so yeah. shut up. <laughs> <laughs> shut up, batch. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll do I'll say my piece and I want I kind of want to hear what you had to think because you had some good tidbits to add too. Okay. But the way I would break this down is okay. So if say you're a partner and you're like okay, there's something my partner does that I recognize in myself as something that annoys me, mm-hmm. and I want there to be change. Or if it's even something like, uh, I feel like things are not going the way that they should and we need to kind of course correct or mm-hmm. something like that. Or I want more connection or something. More connection, more anything. Anything in any direction. doesn't really matter. And you bring it up with your partner and you're met with like anger or hostility or um, discounting or kind of negativity in, other, in any way. What that kind of brings up for me is that the negativity is probably associated with some past experience of being told to change because of who they, because of what they are, who they are. Uh And like, you know, it doesn't take a, a lot of experiences to be like, hey, you're not good enough, so you need to change to really just make that a resentful thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's that's a very common thing that guys have to deal with because, you know, especially now, there's a lot of cultural things that the culture is focusing on to change. A lot of those things are things that do need to change. But there's also a lot of not so big deal things. Mm-hmm. They kind of get lumped in together with the really big things. Um, obviously sexism, racism, that all needs to change. Um, but like other things that are not so serious, they kind of get lumped in with that whole, the, the seriousness of those bigger things. And so it seems like a very kind of hostile culture right at the moment. And, you know, you can kind of come at it a, a few different ways, but most men usually have been conditioned or trained that like, oh, if they're receiving hostility, I know how to deal with that. And that is to either discount it or attack it or try and like get one over on it. Mm-hmm. And usually that's where I feel like a lot of the, the criticism when it comes to like, hey, this isn't, you know, a big thing, but this is something that I want to change you get that reaction of, okay, well now you're wanting me to change because I'm, you know, bad. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm kind of going the long way around here, beating around the bush, but I feel like what kind of it comes down to is when the hostility comes up, it is that feeling of like, okay, well I'm not good enough. And you're telling me I'm not good enough. And that hurts. And that the way that I'm going to respond to that is he is through anger or discounting or Mm -hmm. um, frustration or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's how I'm going to try and protect myself from that feeling of not being good enough. Mm -hmm. And that's where I feel like if you actually want to, or if like your really intention is to like help your partner, change in a positive way or change in alignment with how you're changing, which I think is something that you and I do really well. Mm-hmm. Mostly you changing and I catch up. <laughs> I know that's a point I want, I want to bring up too later. Yeah. So put a pin in that. And when, so yeah, when you come, so when you're in that situation of receiving hostility towards like the suggestion of change, like that is where you can start to see through, okay, this isn't just hostility for the sake of hostility or they're not mad at me because they think I'm bad or stupid or something like that. This is a protector part that is saying, oh, 
I know what this is. I know this story. Let me replay this story for this this person, and we know how to avoid this. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's definitely you know their system trying to protect them from something in the past or something culturally that they've learned. And this was another thing that kind of jumped into is there is a big cultural aspect that comes with what are we talking about? There was, we kind of got off on some other things too, like, like super patriarchal. Yeah. Yeah. Like there is some aspect of like patriarchy in this too. Like the patriarch is supposed to like be the one to guide how the relationship goes you know, in some cultures and some religions and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Pick your flavor. Um, so when the not patriarch part of the family is like, oh, no, this is the direction we need to go, that training can also jump in to, to discount that, too, of like, oh, no, this is this is unwise. This is, you know, this goes against my yeah. what is supposed to be right okay. or, like, true. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah. Yeah. What do you got from that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think the question that I asked after that was, um, so then what do you, what do you do then? What do you Mm -hmm. do with that? Yeah. What do you do? Um, you definitely, so you have to, try and see through the reaction to the protector. What do you mean the reaction to the protector? So like, say if, you know, you came to me and were like, hey, um, you know, I'm probably even guilty of this. Like, you seem to be always angry all the time. And like, I really hope we can, you can work on that because it makes, you know, makes me uncomfortable. I want you to try and like, not be so angry. If I came at you with like, oh, okay, well, I'll just fucking like, you know, pull that out of my ass and da 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 and got really upset about it. The thing to look for is not my reaction because my reaction is me trying to protect myself. It's what am I trying to protect myself from Mm -hmm. that your question brought up? Mm -hmm. Um, Because... Like even that example, there's a lot that pro- that probably goes on in that mind of saying, hey, there's this thing about you that you need to change. And most of the time, especially when it comes to like anger or negativity, most guys or partners, we'll just use guys for example, they know that they need to change that. You know, nobody ever goes around and it's like, I'm happy, I'm always grumpy. <laughs> Mm -hmm. and people might play that way but nobody truly prefers prefers to be grumpy and angry yeah um and so there's this there's one aspect of it of like i know like don't remind me i'm not doing a good job at this there's also another aspect of like don't you see me trying you know Mm -hmm. so there's there's a um, kind of an insult to the effort and a discount to the effort, even if like it's not apparent. Yeah. Usually, like, there's a little bit of victimhood that comes with it. Of like, oh, like I'm trying. I mean, I I do this all the time when it's like, you know, I feel like I'm trying really hard to change, and then you're like, yeah, you you still need to change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like fuck. Ugh, like I'm trying. Yeah. So I my my question is there's been several times in our relationship where like shit just got kind of blown up and usually by my initiation or like I had an initiation to like need something different or like to help us like get to the next level of our relationship. Mm-hmm. And like you have evolved. So what was it about that? Like, is it because you just weren't angry about it? But you also were really grumpy sometimes too. So like, yeah, what's the difference? Well, 
or what like made you want to? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I am by no means like a superhero or like the best at, you know, figuring my shit out. But what I have been able to cultivate, you know, using a lot of the stuff we talk about, parts work, nonviolent communication, introspection, you know, vulnerability to myself, compassion for myself. Eventually, when you can kind of sort through the protectors and angry parts that get activated, then you can kind of see what the true message is because that's kind of the flip side of the reaction too is when, you know, you're asking someone to change, usually that message gets totally lost because they're just, you know, all the protectors put up a brick wall, they stuff whatever in the person's ears and are like, you know what? You don't need to change. Don't listen to this. And you know what? Fuck that bitch. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) so I think what's, what I've been able to do is when I've been able to kind of like allow those parts to have their say and then have them take a step back and really try and say, okay, what is Jordan asking? And what am I not, what need does she have that I have not met? And it usually kind of sits for a little while and then it usually comes back and it's like, yeah, there's wisdom in what she's asking for. And I should, when I think about it, it is actually something that like would be good for me regardless (laughs) of like how grumpy it makes me feel. Mm -hmm. Because I know the grumpiness is more, not that you're, not my reaction to you giving me bad advice, it's my reaction to the trauma I've had around mm-hmm. being told I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. So being able to separate those two mm-hmm. is usually where I kind of come around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you're really good at that. You're and better at that than I am in a triggered space even. And I think the other thing that I really try to do is that I give myself time to be grumpy about it mm-hmm. and not just like, Oh, well I got to be happy now. So I'm just going to stuff this in the back closet so it can mm-hmm. stew and like make <laughs> me matter the next time. Uh-huh. And you know, to your credit, you give me that space. Mm-hmm. And usually I come around. Mm-hmm. I think I would. Yeah, you always do. Pretty much always. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of the, the other side of this, you know, what other questions you got before I dig into that? Um, well, I guess like, because I said a bound, it just seems like what I'm learning. And I guess I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, but what I'm learning after like doing this multiple times with you and our relationship is that it goes a lot better when I just focus on what I need. Like when I get really clear about what I need and share what I need and like set boundaries or something, if I have to do that, it seems like that is a more invitational way to start that conversation than to say like this thing about you bothers me and it needs to change. Yeah, that is a good point because there definitely, this can definitely kind of set the whole thing on fire you know when you're using for lack of better terms violent air quote violence language of you are not doing this Mm -hmm. and i need you to change that Mm -hmm. that is you know filled with judgment it's filled with it's um, usually your own codependency too yeah it's filled with shame it's just it's just language that is so laced with gasoline it's bound to light the whole thing on fire. Yeah. But when you come at it from a different point of view of like self cent this sounds weird but self centered um mm-hmm. needs of like I need to yeah, like what's something you've done? I need to set a boundary around this. Well, around the one I, I did recently ar- around your anger 
was like, I hold, like, I want to hold space for all of your vulnerability, but also, like, I can't hold space for this, like, for, for us to talk about all the bad things that happened, like, over and over again and what other people aren't doing. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was, that was really hard for me to set. But, like, once I got clear about that, it seemed like things started shifting for you, too. But that's me from the outside in, so I'd yeah. love her. Yeah, so I'd love to hear your Yeah, that was really hard because I was, obviously I was, I was stuck in a cycle of like judgment and anger and resentment, mostly towards kind of um, my situation and my surroundings. And the thing that was really tough was like, I couldn't quite separate myself from how the world was affecting me. And I think that's kind of what you hit on was just like, um, you know, you had to, or at least what I eventually heard. I'll tell you what I heard when you told it to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But eventually when I can kind of give it some room to breathe, what I heard was that I was focusing too much on things I had no control over and I was wasting my time and energy being mad about those when I should give myself a break and focus back on what I can control and do the best with that. Because yeah, when you get pissed off at the world because the world's not doing what you think it should, that's a one-way ticket to going nowhere because you can't control the world. You can control some parts of it, but like people letting you down, you can do things to like improve that. But at the end of the day, if people let you down, you can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, for my case, like my computer program being beyond what I could like make it do what I thought it could do. Mm-hmm. Or it just, you know, having technical difficulties. So when you, so the thing that made this kind of tough was I was deep in that and I was already feeling lonely. I was already feeling lost and I was already feeling angry. And at first when you set that boundary, there was a voice in my head that was just like, you are now totally alone. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was I just about cried because I was just like, fuck, man, just when I like thought I needed support here, you're like, you can have support as long as you stop doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that really hurt for a moment. And there was a lot of parts that wanted to just double down on that and being like, oh, yeah, she's just rejected you. Like, how does mm-hmm. that feel, you piece of shit? Um. Oh, But then eventually, like, later it did kind of come to the point where it's just like, yeah, I don't, I think when I was honest with myself, it was just like, I don't want to be grumpy and angry and like so mad at everything all the time. So that does need to change. And I don't know how to do that yet, but I can try something. Or I can just try and recognize when I get in that cycle. Because that was, I think, another thing you were really, truly asking me to do was to stop getting stuck in that cycle of just like, you know, that kind of emotional feedback, positive feedback situation of this makes me angry. And you know what? This then leads to this and that makes me angry and then this leads to that and that makes me angry and you know mm-hmm. what that leads back to the first thing and that makes me angry mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um which i tend to do and i think is a very common thing that we do when we get stuck is we're like okay well let's try and work our way around this and so we just kind of work our way around the problem yeah. over and over mm-hmm. and over again just getting more and more angry 
and you just get fucking full of all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Just get yeah. pissed off. And for some reason, it feels cathartic when really it's just limiting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of when... I don't know. It's not even really what you asked for that like kind of broke the spell. It was that like, um, I don't remember exactly what, what it was exactly, but there was a recognition of like, yeah, I don't blame you for not wanting to participate in this like circle jerk of anger. And I was like, honestly, I don't want to do this anymore either. And I don't know why I am. And those were the kind of voices that eventually were like, okay, well, then we need to do something else and we need to kind of keep an eye out for when we do feel those kind of things coming. Because it's like a storm that just brews. And uh, once it gets brewing, it's hard to put the brakes on that thing. Mm -hmm. But if you kind of recognize it early on, then you can be like, okay, well, let's kind of change the thought pattern here. Like... This is kind of going down a road I don't want, and let's let's be honest about what's really going on here instead of just like coming up with these fake judgments that we can feel righteous about, and let's just kind of have a little compassion for ourselves. Mm-hmm. That shit's sh- shit's shitty right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shit's shitty. Shit's shitty. <laughs> yeah, because what I said was. What I ended up saying, like, when we finally started getting somewhere, it was because I got clear about what I needed and the boundary that I mm-hmm. wanted to make. And, like, when I... It wasn't even about, like, telling you that you were wrong or that you needed to change or anything. It it was more like, I... um Like... I can't hold space for this block of yours Mm -hmm. and because like, I just don't know what to do. It seems like no matter what I do, whether I engage with it and ask it questions or validate it, it just makes it worse. Um, like you just get more angry, especially if I try to give you advice through it. So it's like, you're not needing advice. And so I'm just supposed to like sit there and listen to you get angry and angry and angrier. And like, I just don't want to do that anymore. Like, that's kind of what I said. And um, so it was less about, like, you need to change this or something. And it was more about just, like, I can't, like, hold space for that anymore. Like, I can hold space for your vulnerability, for you to tell me about how your day was, for you to tell me that you're angry, like, for to talk about how you feel. But it's, like, when we're talking about other people or we're talking about, you know, like, outside things like that, um, like, I don't want to do that anymore and i feel yeah. like bad but yeah there was a thing that you said a couple of times that at first almost this exact thing we're talking about you were like we i'd be going off on a ranch or something and you're like this doesn't sound very vulnerable or you said something mm. like that like is there a more vulnerable way you could talk about this and i remember my parts were just like bitch yeah I am trying. How dare you? <laughs> how my real ghetto parts were like. Yeah. How dare you? Yeah. Tell me to be more vulnerable right now. <laughs> but there was also a lot of parts that were just like, "Are we not being vulnerable right now?" And they were like, "No, I think we're just kind of bitching. We're just bitching about something." But that was also another thing that was just like, oh, "Man, like you called me on it." Mm-hmm. You know, eventually, I, eventually I was just like, yeah, there probably is. And I don't know if I can do that right now, but because that did kind of break the spell too, eventually where, um, I remember this now. Yeah. When I had kind of been able to get over the, the sadness that I felt of like feeling like you were abandoning me. Yeah which jumped in real hard and made me really sad for a hot minute. And then I was like, well, I don't think Jordan would abandon me. And like the, 
the thought of like, okay, is there a different way I could, is there a different way that I could come at this? And like your words of like, come at it from another point of vulnerability. And so I kind of was like, what could I say that's vulnerable right now? And so I just went to how, how I was feeling Mm -hmm. and like, it was still laced with a lot of anger. Um, and I think that kind of got the, the true conversation going again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Because then I could be like, yeah, I know that it feels like I'm abandoning you. And like, I hear that, but also this is me being my best self. And you said you needed people around you to be their best selves. Yeah. That, yeah, that was another thing you said that it was just like, you fucking got me, (laughs) got me. Use my own words against me. (laughs) Well, and that actually like, Cause on, on some level I was holding some of that, some of your block for you. Yeah. And like my role was to try to help you out of it. So your role could be resisting getting Mm -hmm. out of it. Mm -hmm. Like Jordan's here to help me get out of this. Like, I don't, you know, like kind of on some level I felt like I was holding some of that. So I like, I gave it back. I gave it all back to you. Yeah. And that can feel like abandonment, but also like now you can actually do something with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, there was a couple of, I mean, you did a really looking back on that. You did a really good job of like being the support that I needed that I didn't know I needed Mm. or couldn't see that I needed. Mm -hmm. And man, that's usually the toughest support to like swallow. Yes. (laughs) And that kind of, that kind of gets back to the point of this whole Mm -hmm. thing of like, if you are looking to help someone change because you're trying to like be the best or you're trying to like help them be the best for themselves you being the best for yourself and speaking with vulnerability about what you need and not what they need to change or what they're doing. Yes. That's a totally different conversation. Yeah. And that's the conversation that's actually going to get you somewhere. The, the caveat is that like, unless, unless you both kind of know that language it can really fall short on one end or the other. Like, like I said, there was definitely parts of me that felt totally abandoned, that felt like, you know, I don't want to make a big deal about it, but it was, there was a moment where it was just, I literally heard that voice, like someone dropping a stone in a pond, just being like, you are alone now. Mm Mm-hmm. And just like silence. Mm-hmm. And like that is, that's br- that's a brutal feeling. It's the worst feeling. And like protectors can definitely jump all over that. Yeah. And mine tried. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like there definitely does need to be space for your protectors the person asking for change to like you know hold space for the conversation and like the person who's going to be like i don't know expected to change or whatever to let their parts have their say but in a constructive way mm-hmm. i mean it's this is basically what we say every week like hold space be vulnerable, have compassion for each other. Yeah. And this is no different. Uh, I feel like I kind of want to make a clarification because these, if these conversations are about like the changer and the changee, that's shitty. Like, yeah. I that, mean, that's like, limited. It seems like it's, it's more about one person advocating for their unmet needs. And like the other person figuring out how, like how much they're willing to do that. There you go. Oops. <laughs> Got away from me. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of hard to... 
You're getting a little droopy over there. <laughs> oh my God, it keeps drooping down. Yeah, <laughs> my mic that's is not like the running thing to away tighten. from me. <laughs> it's like, stop talking, Jordan. <laughs> you need to tighten up the little ding dong on your thing. Which ding dong? The little screw that actually tightens that thing down. Oh, this ding yeah. dong? Oh. So you might have to just kind of hold on to it. Technical difficulties, everybody. We're already doing a podcast on a budget here. Ding dongs over here. <laughs> Anyways, where are we going? Oh. Yeah, it is true. Like, this isn't something of like, oh, yeah, you know, righteous partner number one trying to fix broken partner number two. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as you get into that <laughs> dynamic, like, good luck. All right. Hold on one second. Jordan, entertain the folks while I can find a screwdriver. What? No, baby, it's fine. Let me hold it. <laughs> Don't make me, like, talk and talk and talk. <laughs> it's hard enough for me to speak words. Um, <laughs> we can just edit this out if we have no, to. No, we don't edit anything. <laughs> there. All right. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> oh, wow. That's way better, actually. Isn't that so much that's better? so much See? better. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for your patience as yeah. we... I had to go grab a screwdriver. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Let's get back on track here. So, um... Yeah, so maybe we can uh, get this going towards how do you do this successfully? So, step numero uno. Get clear about what you need. Yeah. If you're the person who's like thinking you need something new or something different or something, air quotes, need to change, like get clear on what that means to you. And like crystal clear. Like crystal clear on how your partner, like actual action steps they can take to help you meet that. Yeah, get as clear as you can. So it's not like if you want more intimacy or more connection. Yeah, that's like that's not like that's really vague. Your partner's <laughs> gonna be like, okay, like uh-huh. I don't know exactly what that means. Yeah, or like this is a classic one. I know I've heard a lot of my friends say um, there needs to be more like intimacy or romance. Yeah, it's like great. Um, what does that mean? Like, what does that mean to you? Uh huh. Yeah. So like not only get clear about that, but also like what they can do to, to meet that need, mm-hmm. especially guys. Uh, you, you can chime in on this, but I feel like guys need to learn. Guys need to know how to win the game. That makes it way easier. Yeah. And like tell them when they're winning it. This. Too. Yeah. Guys, if you lay a clear path in front of them of what you need, pretty much most of the time, if they're invested in that, they'll do it. Yeah. And like, it's usually a slam dunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're like, I don't know, what's some, bring us a, a, a vulnerability or a a romantic thing that like, I don't know. You would, if you needed more of. Um, Pop quiz. Okay. Um, man, I was just saying yesterday how all my needs are radically met. <laughs> well, like, maybe I can think of one. If like, um, ooh, this is a juicy one. But like, if a guy is feeling frustrated, like sexually, mm, because. Yeah. Um, or like he's, you know, feeling his eyes are wandering, but he's really committed to his partner, you know, a way to approach that would be like, Hey, I'm really committed to you and I want to have a success, successful relationship with you. I'm feeling sexually frustrated because for example, we only have sex like once a week and I'm not trying to criticize that. But I feel like that's leaving a uh, an unmet need of mine that's like making it hard for me to not let my eyes wander mm-hmm. or like make me want more. And so what, let's see, what would you say? You could say something like, is there a way that we can have sex more or have more sexual encounters or you know, mm-hmm. 
go from there. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, totally. Like, oh, I love that because it's so based on your own needs. And also, like, people, especially women who hear something like that, will be like, there's so many protectors protecting us from this, like, patriarchal obligation that we were born with that we're expected to put out Mm -hmm. and like even when we don't want it just like it it becomes this like really twisted thing inside of us that we will hear that through um through like uh yeah like our a lifetime of the patriarchy and so what but what we have to do is like uh, separate that out a little bit to to honor like this is a legit unmet need for you not like this isn't like the whole patriarchy telling us that like there's there's something wrong but like that my partner who I love has this unmet need and also another thing women have to separate out is this part of us that's like oh god like we failed him like we're um you know we're we're not this perfect partner and like i mean guys might have this too it's just oh yeah yeah that's super real of (laughs) like the same boys (laughs) yeah it's like we're we like we failed and we're not perfect and like so much of our trauma is like you're only loved if you are uh, who the other people think you need to be. Like mm-hmm. if you fail at meeting their needs, then you're discarded. Mm-hmm. So it's like that protector's just like, oh my God, we're going to be abandoned. And like, it's all going to be over soon. Or like, mm-hmm. it just gets real catastrophic really quick. And so like, that's part of re- being able to regulate your own emotional, like nervous system when you're hearing uh, an unmet need of your partners. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, first of all, you weren't supposed to know this before you know, before they tell you, like, you are not re- totally responsible for, like, taking control of their needs. Like, they are bringing this to you to have an actual conversation about it. So, like, just take a chill pill. You don't have to be perfect here. Like, that's not your reality anymore. Mm-hmm. You get a learning curve. You got to be vulnerable. Anyway, so those are a couple of things that, like, you probably have to, like, talk through in your own head. Oh yeah. In order to this, really be able to listen. This is for guys and and girls cuz you're you're nailing a lot of the like receiver parts here in those. Mhm. Or the person receiving the message and like all their triggers. Yeah, totally. Crushing it. Keep going. Yeah. So <laughs> like when a partner comes to you ab- about your un their unmet needs, you've got to be able to like listen to what they're saying like not defensively but just like be be able to hold that pain of like oh shit i didn't meet their need and still be able to listen like have hope that there's that you'll find a way that you haven't been totally abandoned that you're Mm -hmm. not alone Mm -hmm. yeah and that's where you know when people don't do that and they speak through their protectors that's where you get the like negativity yeah because like yeah if i came to you and was like you know jordan like i love you and i'm really committed to you but like i wish or i'm feeling a a a lack of intimacy and i'd like to have sex with you more often and so is there something we can do to help help with that Mm -hmm. because it makes me really sad when you know i i get I don't know, horny or something like that. And I can't express that with you. Mm -hmm. And then it makes me feel guilty because then I keep like, Mm -hmm. you know, my eyes start to wander and I don't want that. Mm -hmm. I want to share that with you. Mm -hmm. And if you reacted with like, Oh my fucking God, like you're looking at other women now. Is that what you're saying? Right. Oh man. Right. (laughs) Exactly. So it's like, you've, you've, gotta make space and and even like validate them and validate their courage to come to you with such a vulnerable need yeah because it could backfire and like yeah you you know as far as they know like this could totally backfire this is super vulnerable so like if you if you want your partner to be more vulnerable with you like and like open up to you and feel closer to your partner. That means you've got to make space for their unmet needs mm-hmm. to really listen, which also means 
making space for your own unmet needs because if you're like oh my god yeah i'll do whatever like like if you hear like oh my god he's gonna like leave me now or like oh i I did this wrong so i need to do this perfect and i need to do this right now and like yeah i just need to roll over and like do everything that he needs and i'll change (laughs) i'll like change everything it's like that's not yeah that's that's not it either right and that if you like listen to that message that's not what your partner's asking for either no right yeah oh my god totally so like what what i do i would be like um i i wouldn't expect myself to be like oh okay like yeah i guess i can have sex more because there's probably unmet needs in me that are stopping me from having sex Mm -hmm. so i'm like okay so what are those unmet needs so like yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like we hardly talk anymore. You're always just, um, on your computer now, or like, I, I just don't feel as close to you anymore or, uh, yeah, I don't know, like whatever it is. And then it's like, okay, yeah. So once that emotional need is met or once this need is met, then I'll be, or like, I just don't have time. Like I need more help in my business or I need more help like at home. I don't know. Like, so whatever, whatever need is not being met, that's getting in the way of me wanting to have sex more Then I'd be like, all right, well, let me put this on the table. And mm-hmm. so let's like be creative about how we can fix this as well. Mm-hmm. Or not even fix, but just like how we can evolve our relationship to meet both of these needs now. Right. Yeah. Because what... What changes the whole dynamic and I think kind of summarizes up what we're trying to get at here is the just like landing a plane, the approach is everything. If you come at this like guns blazing in a nosedive, you're most likely going to crash because the ground's going to hit you real hard. But if you come at this with clear clarity about your own needs with compassion for your partner's probably triggers and pass and, and um, protectors that are going to jump up and a sense of wanting both of you to evolve together, mm-hmm. then you can coast that thing in for a nice smooth landing or at least, you know, yeah. work through the bumps together. Right. And I like, I think the the core of this question is what if I come to my partner and talking about my needs and, and all I get from them is their protectors and their uh, criticism and yeah. their anger. And like, it's just kind of crazy making, like, mm-hmm. it seems like the more I advocate for my needs, the, the more loneliness I feel from them. That, yeah. The troubleshooting part here. Yeah. So in that case, like that's when kind of what I was getting at earlier, like you need to see what's behind the reaction or you need to like put your, put your vulnerability, your parts vulnerability goggles on Mm -hmm. and be like, okay, they got really angry when I, about this aspect of it. Why would they get angry about Mm -hmm. that? And even ask them. Yeah. That's a great thing of like, I'm hearing a lot of hostility towards this aspect of what I brought up. How does that make you like, what does that make you feel when I ask this question? Like, I really want to know what is that trigger inside of you? Like Mm -hmm. I'm asking for vulnerability because I care about you. Yeah. Because I want to actually connect with you about this and like how you, what's going on inside of you matters here. You're not supposed to just like hear this and do something perfectly. Right. Like, and like meet all my needs. Like this is a conversation I'm starting. And like being able to, you know, especially with like anger, be like, I hear that you're really angry about me asking, you know, is this because you feel like I'm wanting, because you feel bad about this or you feel like I, um, I'm judging you, you know, you can ask those questions because Mm -hmm. sometimes if you prompt the vulnerability by kind of bringing up the possible emotions that are behind the reaction, Mm -hmm. then someone can be like, yeah, yeah. You know what? When you say that, you know, we need to have sex more, it makes me feel like I'm a bad lover Mm -hmm. and that makes me sad Mm -hmm. and makes me feel like a failure. Mm hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, 
You can go somewhere together with that. Yeah, and you can work with that because then you can. Because it's real. Yeah, and you know when it, that's the kind of thing that I think is interesting about when vulnerability shows up. It shows up in a way that is just almost ridiculous. Where you're just like, oh, that's how you're feeling. Like, no, that's not at all how I yeah. feel towards you. Like. <laughs> I'm really, I'm glad that you shared that with me, but that's not at all what I'm feeling. Yeah. Like earlier today, <laughs> you were like, oh, that was the story you made up. That was the story you were telling yourself. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I guess I, it was. You're like, yeah, that was not the story I was telling myself. I mean, that's kind of the, the kind of the magic part about vulnerability is that when you can break that bread of vulnerability with people, you usually see how silly it is mm-hmm. in like the, just the scope of how things get blown up mm-hmm. and being able to let down that wall on both sides is actually really connecting. Totally. You know, it's like the connection that you, we've always dreamed about. Yeah. I mean, it's a connection we have. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And you can have too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, Yeah. So my advice is if you're consistently talking about your needs, you're consistently being vulnerable, like your job is to be vulnerable and also don't like write them off for, don't write them off right away of like, Oh yeah, they're they're never going to meet this need. Like I have to be done. Such a good point. Because like whenever somebody solicits uh, a new change just in general, sets a boundary as for advocates for their needs, like that, that triggers a lot of things. And, and it triggers this like change back period. Usually, um, Harriet Lerner talks about it in the dance of anger where it's usually like two weeks, sometimes longer where like you'll set a boundary and the other person will punish you for almost like low key, either with like withdrawing or with more criticism or like, usually it's like emotional withdrawal and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's like when you set that boundary, like, realize that there might be a change back period and even parts of you that are afraid of the change are going to be like change back like let's take back everything that we said and Mm -hmm. let's like Mm -hmm. let's like convince ourselves that we don't actually need this and Mm -hmm. let's like count our blessings instead oh wow yeah and so (laughs) it's like there is this period after after advocating for your needs and setting boundaries that is just like really heightened Dude, that's that's probably the best advice of this whole episode. Yeah. And so your job through that time is to stay emotionally connected to your partner and their process, but also very connected and grounded in your needs mm-hmm. and the boundary that you set. Mm-hmm. And um, like hanging in that tension with them. Hell yeah. Yeah. And like continuously being vulnerable and more vulnerable and more vulnerable. And it like, it might get to a place where they're just like not willing to be vulnerable. And that's kind of when you have to have a decision with yourself. Yeah. I mean, that kind of shifts it to now I have a new need of you to be vulnerable with me about this. Right. And Mm -hmm. this is an important thing. That's such an interesting thing. I, I don't even know if I really realized, but I did have, on this last one a couple of days of just like kind of grumpiness towards jordan Mm -hmm. just like man like i'm trying to figure this out and like i'm hearing what you're doing and i'm kind of figuring out what to do about it but still kind of grumpy yeah (laughs) yeah totally and i had to like prepare myself for that like, like, especially when I said the boundary and then you were really vulnerable and said that you, f- you feel abandoned and stuff. A part of me was like, no, like, take it back. Like, we don't want him to feel this way. Like, this wasn't <laughs> yeah. what we wanted. And, but I had to be like, no, like, this is the change back part. Like, this is the shock of like a new boundary being set. And we like, this is supernatural and it's okay. Like we still have to stick to our boundaries because it's what's best for me and him in the long mm-hmm. run. And, and like, yeah. Cause my parts were like, what if he like just totally withdraws from us now and just doesn't talk to us about anything. And I'm like, I tried, I made it clear that that's not what I wanted. And mm-hmm. like, but if that's part of his process, then that has to be okay with me mm-hmm. for a little bit because I know it won't last. 
Yeah. I mean, that's the... Yeah, that's the the compassion that's needed for like the relationship side of understanding your needs and being clear about them and giving your partner time to like soak that in. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, let's put some happy notes for this because this thing actually has like... um by you advocating for setting this boundary has helped me be more aware of this cycle. And I feel like I haven't been as stuck in it. Mm-hmm. There's definitely been times where I've been like super deep in it, mostly at work or something like that. And being like, Oh man, gotta, I got to jump out of this. I got to jump out of this. Like this is, I'm heading down. I'm heading down mm-hmm. that spiral and like this is not where I want to be. So it these type of things they don't happen overnight, but they do make lasting differences. Yeah. And the kind of the last thing about this this is kind of of a, pr- a profound thing that I kind of tripped on. Um the thing that whenever you ask for needs to be met you have to remember that you cannot change your partner. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that you can do to change their personality, their self, their spirit, or anything. You have to be an advocate to allow them to change. Mm-hmm. Because you can only change yourself. Mm-hmm. Or you can only grow by being honest and truthful with yourself. Mm-hmm. Like I can't browbeat Jordan James into being someone different. Mm-mm. I can make the conditions where she will act in a way that I want, but that doesn't change her. Changes are usually in the negative way. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I was a real asshole and was like, yeah, you got to fucking do the dishes every day. Yeah. And if I didn't, I'd scream at you. So you would do the dishes, but you would also resent the shit out of me. That's not changing Jordan James <laughs> to do to do the dishes. So like there is you know you can all the stuff that we talked about is the kindest way to help people to understand how to change themselves. Yep. And that change happens in you too. Yeah, you know, being the one asking for change. Totally. And I feel like where I used to go wrong and where I still go wrong sometimes. Like it took me a little while in those last one to figure out what I need, but is in step one of getting really super clear about what you need and how you feel. Yeah. Because so often we're like, I need them to be different. I need them <laughs> to like change. I, it's like preaching no. to the choir. Over yeah. Here, it's yo. like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like what unmet need is that for you? And how do you mm-hmm. feel when that need goes unmet? Okay. So how can you like, uh, take, like set a boundary or something how can you change the way that you show up in the world to set a boundary around that need mm-hmm. being met like what courageous conversations do you need to have yeah like nobody wants to do that part well that's because nobody knows to do that part a lot of the times yeah and it also like is the thing that prompts courageous conversations and change and like vulnerability yeah. so we're like no, no no let's let's like go at this sideways and backwards and try to get them to them like manipulate them to meet our needs so that we don't actually have to make this explicit yeah i mean that's kind of the root of manipulation is to not change yourself but focus on how to change other people yeah and codependency i can only say it because i have a lot of codependency (laughs) you remember yeah but i was i was really proud of myself at like that i advocating for my needs and stuff i'm doing that way differently like i'm making things way more explicit now yeah and it I'm makes proud me of feel you too, powerful i don't know if i do that so much on as explicitly because i feel like there's a lot of my parts that are just like yeah whatever we can just go along with this <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah no you do a good job and you've you're Openness with yourself is helping me to find new avenues for myself. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that's another thing for all of our 
our fans out there, when your partner cares about you and they bring these things up, it is in your best interest to listen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I think we'll leave it right there. Yeah. That's a great one. Ed. Man, this was, I don't know if this was as profound as what we had the other morning because I feel like I was channeling mm-hmm. <laughs> we got pretty close though yeah you had i feel like you brought the real real meat to, and bones to this thing down. so yeah oh so proud thanks, of you baby, baby. oh thanks, thanks headache and you. all yeah headache and all didn't stop you so yeah everybody hope you got some uh some juicy tidbits from this one thanks for listening all the way yeah yeah as always and we'll uh We'll be back for another episode yeah. before you know it. Love you guys. Love you guys. Be good to each other. Wow. We'll see you later. Thanks for listening to the Heart is a Muscle podcast. If you'd like to connect deeper with us, Jordan will tell you how to do that. Hi, this is Jordan. So you can find me on Instagram or Twitter. My handle is at just Jordan James. I spell my name with an I-N, so it's J-O-R-D-I-N. So at Just Jordan James on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me on medium.com with my name, Jordan James. That's where all my writing is. I also have an online course that is dedicated to help you become your own best friend because your relationship with yourself changes literally everything else in your life. You can find that course at jordanjames.com slash best hyphen friend. Thank you again for listening and I look forward to connecting with you deeper.